Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Church Purpose. This is Series 2, Episode 22 of 28. So we return to defining the fivefold ministry offices. Let me assure you that there are more qualified peeps that have defined these, but I'm just giving you my flavor. Pastors. Preaching is not teaching, although we can still learn something from it. A pastor is someone with the Father's heart. They touch the brokenhearted, destitute, and poor. They reflect the image of the Father through their serving in that ministry. Their primary focus is on the well-being of the sheep attending the church with an address. He, when effective, touches the heart and brings healing, especially emotional healing, to the downtrodden, to his flock. If he moves primarily into a teaching role, Then he has moved away from the hearts of the people. Touchy-touchy-feely-feely. Oh, we need less teachers and more fathers. 1 Corinthians 4.15 Google defines a pastor in the following way. The word pastor derives from the Latin noun pastor, which means shepherd, and is derived from the verse pascir, to lead to pasture, set to grazing, cause to eat. The term pastor also relates to the role of elder within the New Testament and is synonymous with the biblical understanding of minister. Nice, and I couldn't have said it any better than that. It truly is a father's role. Now what I hear often is that these guys are doing everything in the church because they are the pastor. And who but the pastor should be taking care of the weeds in the parking lot, right? Well, if you think like that, and unfortunately many, many Christians do, you as a pastor may deserve it. You should be equipping the saints for the work, work, work of ministry not doing all the ministries. I have seen parking lot miracles, signs, and wonders. What you do here is take a stopwatch and check out just how fast a parking lot clears after the service. God forbid Joe's Crab Shack is running a special on crustaceans. More of your people may be there than in the service. You know you can graze later and oftentimes with the pastor and other leaders if they weren't so busy doing what may be your God-designed ministry. This is truly unacceptable. It keeps the sheep out to pasture instead of getting pastured. I have also seen something quite interesting with this position, which is that sometimes when a pastor becomes really anointed to preach, they get the idea that they should take on another address, another church, in a different community, across the planet, even the moon, as Martians are people too, right? I believe that this is an error and an excuse to avoid equipping the saints for the work of ministry within their own flock. And if they ignore their own flock, What chance does yours have? Leaving your flock unshepherded while attending to another flock doesn't seem to line up. How you or anyone else can pastor more than one address is beyond me, especially if you are really pastoring with the Father's heart. This really is a position that you have to equip others for. You will need more people around you to help carry the load in that location. If you are suddenly called to be an apostle or prophet, then in seeking wisdom and confirmation, Be sure you have people in place to continue the work while you are away. Healthy families have one father. Unhealthy families share one father. Teachers. Google states, a biblical teacher provides a biblical education in Christian history to students in private schools and colleges. Their curriculum is usually set by their religious leaders and provides tenets of faith and beliefs unique to their denomination. This just proves that Google is not all that and a bag of chips at times. Get it? Computer chips. chips (laughs) well anyway a bible teacher can also teach on many other things as he is a teacher called by god 
Usually they are reasonably good story or parable teller. I say this because it has been my experience as a call teacher that I also was given the appetite to read books. This is unusually another attribute of a teacher. If you knew me, you would know that my primary personality is green, True Colors International, which is gasoline. It's to get things done quickly and as efficiently as I can because I like a hundred things on my list every day, but I want to complete all of them that day so that I have room for the next day. If you ever taken the StrengthsFinder 2.0 test to identify your talents, then you are on your way to a focused ministry. My primary strength, which is a talent intentionally developed since 1999, is called Achiever. This is also a very high energy trait. It is also impressive that the green and Achiever strength confirms that this is the case. Well, that and the large amount of things that I like to do in my life every day. So having had a transparent moment, so having had a transparent moment, you can now see the clear irony of God giving me an appetite of all things to read books. Nope, not a downhill skier, running, working on Wall Street, or in the back of a very busy restaurant. Nope, reading. I attribute this to adding an extra set of brakes to a race car. I began reading and tracking what I read since 1997. It was my intention to be at a thousand books by the close of business 2022. Currently, I'm reading an average of 35.88 books a year, and I haven't quite hit a thousand books. Impressed? Don't be. It's a call that God has called me into, cut, and thus I responded with all of the enthusiasm my green old self could muster. I can teach on very specific subjects very deeply because my reading appetite came with a strategy to study the Word and Christianity. I have read on management and leadership, yes, on psychology and some literature, over 590 books on Christianity and religion, which also included a few books absent of Christianity anything. So you see why I cannot shut up about the things of God? I don't teach at a college and would not want to. I don't teach at a seminary and would not want to. I teach in church, small groups, cell groups, life groups, and now almost exclusively in individual conversations with people with the exception of this new ministry, which may even include more than my life group did, which at times exceeded eight people. Thus, this must be close to the new definition of a mega life group, LOL. I did not select this office because I like to teach. Nope. I really didn't because I felt that people were too hard of hearing and few ever really changed. Many wanted to argue facts and differing beliefs. It has at times been a very frustrating journey. Imagine reading so many books and asking God, what's the point? If you see a thousand plus on my gravestone, pray for me and hope that God thinks that it's as funny as I do. But now that you know my personality, INFJ, you must know that I do not like conflict. I avoid it because I can detect it when the discussion is only about a person wanting to be right or to be in the limelight. And I want neither. And limes are better on street tacos anyway. Proverbs discusses these things much better than I could list them here, so I leave it to you to mine it out. I'm a teacher because too many people wouldn't leave me alone about it. I don't know when, but at some point I started to believe them. And when I did, all of the reading and information gathering made sense. Being a data collector for the sake of collecting data puffs up. But as the following scripture states, love edifies. 1 Corinthians 8.1 Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up but love edifies. You see how accurately I quoted that verse? I feel more teaching and I see the end of a long journey. 
in Ephesians 2, 20, 21. We see that the foundation of the church is built on apostles and prophets. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, we see that God has appointed these in the church in order, apostles, prophets, and then teachers. Ephesians 2, 20, 21. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. This doesn't mean that pastors and evangelists are irrelevant, but it does show the focus on the relevance of those offices mentioned. I bring this up because every church has pastors, some even a whole chain of them, and most of their congregation is taught to fulfill the evangelist role. I am feeling like taking this chain apart because some kickback is sure to follow. 1 Corinthians 2.28 And God has a point. Of course it's not easy to miss. Perhaps you have heard the phrase, appointed and anointed, which I think comes from the verse, is man involved? Yes, but we selected the appointed, not anoint the selected. Well, that's it for this message. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of light to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.